31 through 49, which is kind of the last portion of that section. Let's hear God's word. When the words which David spoke were heard, they told them to Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail on account of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And then Saul said to David, You're not able to go up against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are but a youth, while he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant was sending his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went out after him and attacked him and rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, since he has taunted the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. And then Saul clothed David with his garments and put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with armor. David girded his sword over his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And so David said, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. And David took them off. He took his stick in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's bag which he had, even in his pouch. And his sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. Then the Philistine came and on, came on and approached David with the shield-bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy with a handsome appearance. The Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine also said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. And then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day, the Lord will deliver you up into my hands, and I will strike you down and remove your head from you, and I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all the assembly, this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And that's God's word. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this portion of your word. We thank you for these old stories 
that are so rich and so powerful. And I pray that you would teach us today from the life of David what it is to trust you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the focus of my sermon this morning is on trusting God. And I'm not sure there's a, there's a time in our lives where we're more aware of our need to trust God than where we are today. That is, at the close of one year and the dawning of another. In just four days, 2014 will be history, and we'll be trying to remember to write 2015 on all our correspondence. There's always a sense of uneasiness in my life. I don't know about you, but always a sense of uneasiness in my life as we make this annual transition from one year to the next. You know, not one of us knows what another year will bring. We all know all the time that life from the human perspective is uncertain. But entering a new year just seems to make that all the more profound. And so as a, as a new year looms before us, really all we can do is trust God. Some of you are uncertain about yourself. You know going in you're uncertain about certain aspects of your life in the coming year, whether it be your employment or your health, or your family, or your finances. There are many things that happened in your life in this past year that took you completely by surprise. And I can assure you there will be things in the next year that will do exactly the same thing. And again, as a believer, all you can do is trust God. You know, it's easy to talk about trusting God, isn't it? Much harder sometimes, actually, to trust Him. As when we concluded our study in 1 Peter last month, we found Peter admonishing us to do this. Cast all your anxiety upon the Lord because He cares for you. And that's really what it means to trust God. It means to cast your anxiety, to, to give it all to Him, knowing that He has a deep care and love for you. It is giving it all to Him, believing and knowing that He is going to do what is best and right for your life. And I believe this story that we read a portion of this morning, from the life of David, the story of David and Goliath, gives us a classic example of what it is to trust God. You know, David was still a young man at this point, still living, living at home, and in many ways very much alone. Not long before this episode, Samuel had come to, to David's house because he had been told by the Lord that the king to succeed Saul was in the house of Jesse, David's father. You know the story how Samuel went through all the sons thinking surely some of those tall strapping men 
were to succeed Saul, but it wasn't any of them. Instead, God's choice was the youngest, the one who was out tending sheep, the least of the sons physically who would have been expected to be the king. And it was there, you remember, God told Samuel, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And Samuel anointed David to be the next king of Israel. Even though he had been anointed to, to succeed Saul, however, Saul was to continue to be king for a period of time. And so there was this tenuous period where David had been anointed to be king, but Saul continued as the king. And David experienced tension without his own family. His brothers resented him. After all, he was the youngest brother. You know, they were all military men, mighty men of valor, fighting in Saul's army, the army of Israel. And David stayed at home with his father. He was a shepherd boy and kept his father's sheep out in the field. He was also a messenger. When their father had news that he wanted to send to his other sons, he would send David with that news. If there was something he wanted to send to his sons on the front line, he would send David to take it. That's what's happening in 1 Samuel 17. David's father had sent him to the front lines with supplies for his brothers. Now at that time, the army of Saul, the army of Israel, was at a standstill, a standoff, if you will, with the army of, it, of the Philistines. You know, one of the Philistine soldiers stood head and shoulders above all the rest. He was a, as we called him, he was a giant of a man. And daily, he would come out and he would taunt the army of Israel. Philistines were on one mountain. The army of Israel was on the other mountain. There was a valley in between. And apparently the Philistine army preferred a one-on-one -on -one battle between Goliath and any soldier of Saul's army than they did a complete battle between the two armies. And so every day, Goliath would come out and he would challenge the army of Israel, to see if any of them was brave enough, courageous enough, to come and, and do battle with him. The arrangement was that if one came and Goliath defeated that soldier from Saul's army, then the Israelites would be subservient to the Philistines. However, however if the reverse was true, if Goliath was defeated by one of Saul's men, then the Philistines would be subservient to Israel. Well, to say the least, no soldier from Saul's army took up the challenge. In fact, when Goliath would come out, the Bible says that the soldiers of Saul would shrink back in fear. 
In fact, we're told back in verse 11 of chapter 17 that they were dismayed and they were greatly afraid. Well, that's what was going on when David this time came to bring these supplies to his brothers sent by his father. These two armies were at this standoff. So David took the supplies to the brothers and he was talking to them on this particular day when Goliath came out to challenge the army of Israel. And David was taken aback. He was shocked at the response of Saul's army that they were so intimidated and they were so afraid of this man Goliath. So all I could ask the end of verse 26 was this. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? It's like David is asking them, why in the world are you letting him do this to you? Don't you realize who the real commander of your army is? This is the army of the living God. How is it that this Philistine is taunting, making fun of, challenging the army of God. Well, you know what happened. David accepted the challenge. It wasn't his responsibility. He wasn't a part of the army. The challenge wasn't being made directly to him. And yet David took Goliath on. Unlike all the other soldiers in Saul's army, David was willing to trust God in this time of uncertainty, this time of fear. David trusted God. So this morning, as we move from 2014 to 2015, a time where we're reminded of our need to trust God perhaps more than any other time. I want us to look at the life of David here in this text. And I want us to see what it was in David's life that enabled him to trust God so completely in this difficult situation. Three things. First, David remembered the past. That is, David thought back to other times when he'd been in similar situations and God had helped him. David is able to draw a connection between the past and the present, between what God had done for him previously and what he believed God would do for him in the present. How God had helped him then and how God would help him now. And as David remembered what God had done for him in the past, it enabled him to trust God more fully in the present as he faced Goliath. Well, what did David remember? He remembered when he'd been tending the sheep and wild animals had come to attack them. Specifically, he mentions a time when they were threatened by a lion and they were threatened by 
a bear. Now you can imagine how intimidating that would be. Here you are, a young man, you're out in the field tending your father's sheep and you see a lion or you see a bear approaching the pasture or the field. David even recounts that they had taken one of the animals in their mouth. It had been real easy, wouldn't it, for David to just let it go. But that's not the way David was made. And so we went after that lion. He went after the bear. And he rescued the lamb from its enemy. And he killed the lion. And he killed the bear. But I want you to notice from the text is that as David remembered those experiences, he remembered that it was God who had helped him. Look at verse 36. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. Then verse 37. The Lord delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear. You see, David knew that God was the one who had enabled him to do what otherwise he would be unable to do. He remembered times in the past when he was in grave danger doing something that most people would run from. And yet he says, I killed a lion, I killed a bear, but it's God. God who enabled me, who delivered me from the paw of the lion. And to Paul the bear. Remembering the past is important for a believer. We're not to dwell on the past, either on our successes or our failures, but we are to take encouragement from the past. And I'll encourage you this morning to be like David. No matter what it is in your life that you're facing today or what it is you may face in the coming year. I want you to be like David and you think back the times when God you know has been with you and times when you know God has helped you and I want you to take encouragement from those experiences. And you say, you know, God was with me then and I know God will be with me now. God helped me in that and he will help me in this. God God got me through that difficulty. And he will get me through this difficulty as well. Our ability to trust God in the present is bolstered by our remembrance of how God has helped us in the past. And then secondly, David reflected on the present. That is, he thought about his current situation and what he was experiencing. And to be honest, it wasn't good. Everything about David's situation here was negative. Goliath was a giant of a man. The Bible is true. This was a giant of a man. He was a physical specimen. He was an imposing figure. And not only that, He was a a trained and skilled soldier of the Philistine army. You know, that's why Saul 
told David not to go. He said, look, you're just a youth. He's been a soldier from his youth. And he was so imposing and so intimidating, again, that when he would come out and appear, the army of Israel would disappear. The mere sight and sound of this man brought great fear to the hearts of Saul's army. But more than that, David received a negative reaction from his brothers and from King Saul. David's brother, Eliab, ridiculed him. He, he, he put David down. As just a, you're just a shepherd boy. And your only responsibility is to, is to tend the sheep. What do you know about taking on a soldier like this? Even accused David of, of coming there simply to see them be defeated by Goliath and the army of the Philistines. The general consensus among not just David's brothers, but the others around, was there was no way he could take on this giant of a man like Goliath. And again, when word came to Saul, Saul simply told David, you are not able to do it. You are not able to go against this Philistine. And so David faced these ridiculous odds against Goliath, and he encountered all this negativity from those around him. Those who were saying, you're too young. You can't do it. You're just a shepherd boy. And the basic question to David was, who do you think you are to take on this challenge? Well, David gave some thought to it. He thought about his present situation and circumstance. And he realized there was a parallel between what he'd gone through in the past and what he was about to experience in the present. And he stated that parallel again. If you look with me at verse 37. The Lord, who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. That's what David told Saul. David reflected upon the present. He said, you know, the odds are against me. Nobody's for me. Nobody's given me any hope that I can do this. But as he looked at his situation facing this giant of a man, Goliath, he was able to trust God again because he connected the past and the present. God helped me then. He will help me now. God got me through that. He will get me through this. Now notice that David did not look for anything that would erode his trust in God, but he looked for things that would bolster his trust in God. He didn't look for the differences between the past and the present, but he looked for the similarities, the things that would bolster his trust. He knew that God was the same yesterday, today, and forever. David knew that the God who had helped him yesterday was the God who helped him today. And so he's looked at his present situation, he took courage, and he was able to trust God. Then, third, David made a resolve about the future. 
He made a determination about what he's going to do. And that is, David determined he was going to take Goliath on anyway. Even though no one gave him any good odds of being successful. David knew that him with God could be successful. So you know the story. We read it. Saul said, okay, God be with you. Go do it. And Of course, Saul dressed David up in his own armor. And David tried to walk in it. and He couldn't maneuver in it. Never tested it. He said, I can't do this. And so he took it off. All David had was some sticks and a slingshot. He picked up five smooth stones. And he went with that to take on Goliath. And when Goliath saw David, what did he do? He taunted David. You, are you coming after me like a dog? To sling stones? But you see, David did not go dressed in the armor of men. But he went dressed in the armor of God. That's what the text makes clear. David was relying on the strength that God provided. And David's primary concern through all of this episode was this. Who are you, Goliath, to taunt the armies of the living God? Who are you? to challenge the God of Israel. And David didn't muster up his courage. He mustered up his faith. And David trusted God. And he went out to meet Goliath. And you know what happened? He put a stone in his sling, he hurled it, and the stone, one shot, took Goliath down. One young shepherd boy, trusting in God, did what a whole army of soldiers could not do. From the human perspective, what David did was foolish. From the biblical and spiritual perspective, it was an act of tremendous faith. You see, David knew God. Have read through the Psalms, many of which, most of which, are written by David. Many of which were written when he was out in the pasture tending his father's sheep. Well, David knew God, didn't he? And his knowledge of God gave him the ability to trust God. There's a, there's a direct link, folks, between knowing God and trusting God. And that's one of the reasons we do what we do here at North Point. We, we try to teach you about God. We just open the book and we say, look, this is what the Bible tells us about who God is. Because the more you know about God, the more you'll be able to trust Him. It's where David's faith came from. It didn't come from himself. It came from his knowledge, his understanding of who God is and what God could do.
faith is built on knowledge. It's true for David. It's true for us. And if we face a, another year, which for all of us really is uncertain, let's be honest, we don't know what the next 12 months will be. None of us know where we'll be in 12 months. None of us know if we'll be alive in 12 months. No one knows what our health will be in 12 months. No one knows what our financial state will be in 12 months. No one knows what our national state will be in 12 months. But God knows. God knows. You can't put your trust in yourself with any confidence. You can't put your trust in your spouse with any confidence. You can't put your trust in your children, your grandchildren, your grandparents. You can't put your trust in your government. You can't put your trust in your pastor or in your church. The ultimate trust must come from God. And the more you know about Him, the more you know of Him, the more you know Him, the better you'll be able to trust Him. I can say this with confidence. You're going to face some big things in 2015. You're going to face some big challenges. Some challenges some of you don't think you'll be able to overcome. Some of you are going to face some real obstacles in the coming years. Obstacles that are so high, you're not sure. You're not sure you can deal with them. Some of you could deal with some real heartbreak and heartache in the coming year, which will inflict on you some wounds that you're not, from which you're not sure you'll ever be able to heal. But the truth is, with God, you can. With God, you can overcome the obstacles. You can deal with the challenges. You can heal from the wounds. How do I know that? I know it because there was a little shepherd boy years ago who took a slingshot, who trusted God, and who killed a giant. David trusted God. And that's my challenge to you. And we conclude our observance of um, Christmas with this. The one thing that will give you the greatest confidence in God's taking care of you in the coming year will be remembering what we've observed this Christmas season. That God didn't even spare his own son but sent him. You know, Romans 8, Carrie's been teaching through Romans, Romans 8 says, if God did not spare his own son, how will he not with him also, what? Freely give us all things. If you ever have any doubt as to whether God will take care of you and your soul, if God will see you safely from here to heaven, you remember Christmas. And you remember that God so loved the world, God so loved you, that He gave His only begotten Son, that if you believe in Him, you would never perish, but have everlasting life. God didn't spare His Son. 
to do that. He's not going to spare anything that you need to get from point A to point B. And the road might not be as smooth as you want. There may be some detours along the way. And there may be some obstacles to overcome. But God will get you there. So trust Him. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. And I thank you for the story of David. Happened so long ago, recorded for our edification. And I pray that you would use it to encourage us to trust you every moment of every day. Just as you spared not your own son, help us to believe you'll spare not whatever it is we need to make it through whatever you bring into our lives. Help us to trust you in Jesus.